Well, I have the flu, and I feel like garbage, so that's why you're getting this for an intro, and why it took so long to get this show edited. But this was our first show that we recorded when we were in the same room together. It was fun. We enjoyed it. Hope you do too. I'm going back to bed. Welcome to a very special edition of the Draft Podcast. My name is Adam Smith, and to my left... Bill Decker. This is the first one we've been able to record actually side-by-side, which puts a strange little twist on how do you keep your your draft board hidden, but we'll, we'll work that out as we go. But we were going to have this one be with our friend Tim Bright, who decided that family was more important than this. Just... He's, he's a man of strange priorities. Yeah, we don't know what to do with that. He, he doesn't like us anymore, Bill. Well, I guess, you know, he likes his kids more than me. I'll get over it. Yeah. Well, he, he traveled to another state to get away from us. It was <laughs> a wise move. <laughs> and, and so the little timer increases with how much time we talk about someone that most people on, that listen to us don't know. <laughs> But by the end of this podcast, you'll know him a little bit more. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, hopefully we can connect with him. He's got a fun idea of a draft that he'd like to do that I think think would be a really good one for us. So we'll tackle that sometime when we can connect with Tim. But for now, we are on to draft number 12. Draft number 12 is us casting the worst X-Men movie ever. (laughs) We are now the first X-Men movie I don't think was the worst X-Men movie ever. However, given the fact that we are going to cast 10 major roles, all with professional wrestlers are those connected to the world of professional wrestling. We're making the worst ones ever. Funny enough, we can keep the same director. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? So what we have going is is ten parts. We 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 changed up those those roles a little bit from when we last talked, and I'll just read those those quickly for you. We've got Jean Grey, Storm, Cyclops, Sabretooth, Toad, Mystique, Magneto, Rogue, Wolverine, and Professor X. So those are the ten roles that we are going to fill in any order with people connected to the world of professional wrestling. So I've got the first pick, and I've struggled with which one to start with, but I think I'm going to start with the one that I kind of always intended to start with. I have difficulty with casting these female roles Mm -hmm. because I haven't even really seen a Divas match in, I don't know, eight years or something. (laughs) And so most of the, the current ones, if they aren't managers, I don't even know who they are. And so I'm going to start there simply so I don't get something taken out from under me that is, to me, one of the most important roles in the first movie. Stuff is built around Rogue in the first movie. And you need someone who has that bit of a vulnerable side, who who you feel for, who, who you empathize for. And so it takes some acting skill to play this character. Now, I know we're asking a lot when it comes to people from the world of professional wrestling to have acting skill. But in this role, I wanted someone who who had it, who, who had that ability, that skill set. It seemed like you wanted someone who, since you wanted the vulnerable position, you needed someone who was maybe a little smaller. There was There was one name that came to mind. And this is the only one where really only one name would be what I was happy with. I've got a lot of backups elsewhere. But for here, it's one of the only modern, quote-unquote, divas I even know. But for Rogue, it's got to be A.J. Lee. Hmm. 
Interesting choice. Very interesting choice. I can, the way you described how you, how you view the part, mm-hmm. I totally get that because AJ Lee looks like she could still be a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. mean, she is that tiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. And yeah, vulnerable. All those things that you said. Yeah, AJ Lee plays. Yeah. Yeah. With, in her role in the WWE. So I, I that's a really solid casting choice. I, I loved her range when she was managing. She could play everything from just this obnoxious person you couldn't stand to this person that you just had so much empathy for. You just wanted the, the best things possible to happen for her because she just seems so nice. And so, yeah, I, I think she could pull off what I would be looking for in that part really well. Great. Great first pick. Thanks. My first pick, and again, man, it's like, who do you start with? Uh, absolutely. But when I, when I thought of Professor X, mm-hmm. only only one guy came to mind. Okay. Because if you're going to have a guy that's bald <laughs> and telepathic, <laughs> and the, the first name that comes to mind for me is the brain. Ooh. Bobby Heenan as Professor X. I like that. I can see him doing that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's highly entertaining. He is one of the most entertaining wrestling personalities of all time, in my view. Oh, by far. And right up there with the best managers of all time. I would oh, put him definitely. Definitely. First or second in that list. And I can see him having the chops to pull off such an important character with the weight that that character needs to have, just the the dominance of that personality that, that someone like Wolverine would stop, take notice, and listen to when he wouldn't listen to Cyclops for anything. Right. Now, would a total 180 for Bobby the Brain Heenan, because he is so funny. Yes. <laughs> and, and, this is such such a a str- and, and this is such a straight part. Yeah. Total 180. But I, And I think that's kind of what grabbed me, too, is like, huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Could he pull it off? Uh-huh. It would be fun to try. <laughs> or even, you know, they did give Professor X some one-liners. Uh-huh. And, and Bobby, you, you let, okay, here's kind of the idea we have behind this, but you go ahead and say whatever you need to say to Wolverine. Absolutely. And, and you know Bobby Heenan would come up with something outrageous that would be <laughs> awesome. Yep. Yes, he would. And biting. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That that would be a really fun choice. I like that. Well, for my second pick, I am going to a villainous role. This is another really key role in this movie. It's the role of Magneto. You need someone who can not only be absolutely villainous, but somebody who can also empathize and understand a little bit. Because he's got that that situation early on in his life with what happened with his family in Auschwitz. And you kind of understand a little bit where he's coming from. But even more so, you need someone who can just come across with this dominant, powerful voice and character and personality that drives the bad guy nature of, of everything going on in, in the villainous side of this movie. And to me, a couple of names did come to mind, but one when you just wanted someone whose voice would carry the weight. To me, for this ridiculous casting, Magneto is Vince McMahon. Yes. As soon as I started thinking about what you were saying, I'm like, oh, he's going to pick Vince. (laughs) And sure enough, because, yeah, no bigger heel in the history of wrestling. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> than Vince McMahon. And yeah, the number X-Men's number one bad guy has to be that guy yeah. <laughs> that can pull all the strings and make people dance to his tune. Yep. And that's Vince McMahon. <laughs> so my hat's off to you because I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but wow, that's a great casting choice. I love that one. Good night. <laughs> Now it gets a little sketchy, the rest of my list. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go with Mystique. Okay. Because this is another fairly major role. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure is. And uh, the thing with Mystique is that there is sort of this sex appeal Mm. to her, but also this deadliness. Mm Mm-hmm. And is uh, who can who can kind of pull that off? Well, the person I'm going to cast has got the sex appeal in spades. Okay. I don't know about the other part, but hopefully the sex appeal will carry <laughs> her through, where people just won't care about the other as much. Okay. Uh, th- this gal, yeah, is known for her sex appeal, even outside of wrestling. Okay. She made some very infamous Super Bowl commercials. Okay. Where, where people were like, oh, that might be pushing, going a little bit too far. Yeah. And and those commercials were for GoDaddy.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and the wrestler I'm casting as Mystique is Candice Michelle. I can see that. She's – that was when I kind of stopped watching a lot of those those matches. But the the physicality that she could bring to the, the role would be helpful. And that's, that's the thing about having even wrestlers in general in this kind of a movie is that you can up some of the physicality of these encounters. And so when you think of when Mystique would go and, you know, the foot to someone's throat kind of thing, which influenced my casting right for that role. Uh, so you, you, someone who could really get in there and in, in their own, w- without bringing in a stunt person or any of that could, could add some realism and some impact to the, those fight scenes. And Mystique has a number of those yeah. that are really important. One of the other key things I wanted for Mystique and why I cast Candace Michelle mm-hmm. is her height. Okay. Because she is a taller yep. diva. And uh, I, I wanted, with all the foot fighting that Mystique tends to uh-huh. do, uh-huh. I wanted someone with those long legs mm-hmm. to, to be able to reach out and kick somebody in the face. Sure, sure. Well, I'm going to follow through and actually cast Mystique myself. And thinking in terms of the physicality and even the height factors in, I'm going back a few years of past where Candace Michelle was even to someone who made their start in WCW. (laughs) And Bill already knows who I'm talking about. But just as a as a manager and a a dancer, even I think in, in WCW. And then one of the ones who came over in the WWE's buyout of WCW and came up, I believe as a Ravens cheerleader, if I remember correctly, but my casting for mystique is Stacy Keebler. Yep. (laughs) As soon as I started thinking about what you're the, the foot to the throat and I'm like, Oh, she did that. Yeah. <laughs> she did that all the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacey Keebler. Again, all the same attributes that I saw in Candace Michelle, you get in Stacey Keebler. Hmm. Long, lean, mm-hmm. sex appeal. And, yeah, you didn't really get to see too much of the meanness out of right. Stacey Keebler either. Mm-hmm. But I think that was just because... For both, you know, she was cast as a baby face because, well, she had a baby face. Right. Yeah. And yes. uh, she had that that character built right in. One of those one of those people that was awkward to root against. Yeah, exactly. But can I see her pulling it off? I think so. Especially because Mystique didn't have a lot of lines in that first movie. Right. She it was just had to action. kind of glower and kick people. Exactly. And, and most of her lines were given by a different actress mm. because she would be shape-shifted. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Good point. So that takes care of that. Yeah. Oh, who to cast next? Yeah, for pick three for you. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the... One of the castings, I think we might step on each other's toes with. Okay. So I want to get this guy before you do. All right. So I'm going to cast Toad. Ah. And for Toad, you need someone who's agile. Yep. 
slightly smaller, mm-hmm. but yeah, high flying <laughs> stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I know because this is one of Adam's favorite guys <laughs> for being a high flying guy all over the place. Uh huh. It's Mister Monday Night <laughs> RVD Rob Van Dam. I can I can definitely see pulling that off. You, you'd have to definitely give him some prosthetics to make him look goofier. Because <laughs> he's got that movie star quality look that that uh, wouldn't necessarily mesh with total. All you do is you put the weird glasses and funny face paint on, like they did the the guy right, that they actually cast for. Yeah. yeah, and and you can pull that off. And yeah, he, he could be. You wouldn't have to do anything to just have him jumping all over the place like a crazy <laughs> <Exactly>. person. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a fun pick for that. And yeah, I'm picturing it. And, and I'm liking it. That's, that's good. I didn't I didn't have him there for that, but I like him for that. <laughs> well, I'm going to, for my fourth pick, cast the smarmy, obnoxious role of Cyclops. Now, I loved in the X in those first X-Men movies the character Cyclops. Played by James Marsden. He did a great job of giving you a sense of how Wolverine saw him, which was smarmy and obnoxious. It was telling people what to do for, in Wolverine's mind, no good reason. Like, why are you talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) And so I wanted a guy who I knew could play smarmy, whiny, but still do it with that cheesy grin and still be kind of likable despite all of that. And so when I thought of that, (laughs) a couple of names came to mind. A couple of names came to mind, and I'm, I think I'm going to settle on one who is used to a little more of the limelight over the long term, who spends a lot of time in front of large amounts of people, not even just in wrestling, but in music. The, the smarmy, cheesy casting I have for Cyclops is Chris Jericho. Nice. Not the name I was afraid you were going to say when when you were describing all those things. I'm like, oh, we might this might be our first Trump. <laughs> Thank you, it wasn't. <laughs> but man, was I worried. But Chris Jericho, yeah, mm-hmm. especially the the Chris Jericho that came over to Raw. Yes, exactly. Not the Chris Jericho that's in there now, or well, now he's gone again. <laughs> Whatever, but. But yeah, that first Chris Jericho, yes. the Lionheart mm-hmm. Jericho. With the big, crazy, stupid yeah. goatee. And, and, the, and the crazy hair. Yep. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the guy who came out, interrupted The Rock, and then when Rock picked on him, started crying. That's the guy <laughs> I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Jericho can pull that off, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great pick. And it's so it's even better because that's not the guy that I had played. Right, right. And I wonder if you have my backup for that, which I, which was the first name I wrote down before I weighed him against Chris Jericho and, and made that call. It, it we'll could see. be. We'll see. It could be. Because it sounds like we see that role similarly. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. Number four. Number four. I'm going to go back to the ladies okay. on this one. I'm going to cast Jean Grey. Okay. Uh, again, Jean Grey, you need someone now, you need someone with a little bit of chops on this one. Yep. Because she's got to be vulnerable, she, but she's got to be sexy and strong and all those things. And she has to be someone that you can believe that two guys are vying over. Mm. And this gal has... Been in that kind of a storyline multiple times <laughs> when she was in the WWE. All right. And and I can't think of anybody better for Jean Grey than Trish Stratus. Yeah, that was, that was the name I had down. So clearly I agree with your your <laughs> pick. Yeah, she, she actually does have a decent level of acting skill. She has played that vulnerable fan favorite role where – you're just sick of seeing her getting ground into the dirt. And so, yeah, you pull for her. And, yeah, I, I can see her carrying that role out very well. She would have the 
it takes a certain kind of individual to be able to do something where your powers are your mind because you're just kind of sitting there, but you have to make it believable that you are doing something while you're just kind of sitting there. And I can see her pulling that off. Yep. It's a, uh, yeah. If, if there's anybody that you could just see on screen, just sitting there, mm-hmm. Trish Stratus, <laughs> will fill that role for, <laughs> for guys, you know, just, oh, yeah, she's not doing a whole lot, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> but there was an intensity to that character. Oh yeah. In, in those three movies that was was really well portrayed. You had to get across, I'm reading someone's mind or I'm flinging someone with my brain. And and that's a lot of just facial expression and, and right. tensing. And, and, and I, I think she could pull that off. And the other thing that Jean Grey really is on that team is she's, she's the mom. Mm. She's the mom of that team. Yep. And Trish Stratus, I think, Pulls that off in spades. Mm, yeah. That that motherly whole vibe. Sure. I, I think she can pull off pretty good, pretty well, and uh, fairly believable. <laughs> I can see that. Very much so. Well, I'm going to cast a smaller part. Now, this shouldn't maybe have been a smaller part, given that Wolverine was such a big deal in this movie. But... Sabretooth just kind of pops in a few times, and then he stands there kind of looking intimidating, and then he fights people. And you, the thing you have to get right with Sabretooth is the look. And Tyler Mayne was a good casting. I'm not taking Tyler Mayne, even though he's connected to the world of pro wrestling. <laughs> but he had, the, he had the look right. You needed a big, muscular guy. He needed to make Wolverine look small. And he needed to look somewhat feral. He, he, he had to have that aggressive nature that just kind of would exude off of him. And I'm casting someone who has all of it. He has the ability to talk quite well, actually. I, I think he's a pretty good promo man. But even in the silent role, I think he would carry it very well. Someone who already has the hair for it or had the hair for it (laughs) has the build, the physicality, the intensity. Oh my goodness. And you know, a lot of arrogance and no, I'm not talking about Rick Martell, (laughs) (laughs) but, but this guy, uh, I think could portray Sabretooth. Well, arrogance to refer to himself, even as the King of Kings. Sabretooth for me is Triple H. That's an interesting pick. I think the look is what sold me on him. Yeah, he's he's definitely got the look. If if you saw him in the Blade movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures. Yeah, he's definitely got the look mm-hmm. and the intensity Yeah, for certain to, to match what uh, you would see out of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a – I think it's a natural – for Triple H in that role. Mm-hmm. It's not the guy I picked. Right. But a natural. That That's a great pick. An interesting pick. And yeah, I think he could pull that off. Mm-hmm. Pretty well. Yeah. It doesn't call for a lot. So it's kind of whose look do you like in that role and, <clears throat> and all of that. And I thought, you know, long hair, Triple H. Yep. I can see it. <laughs> that works. Oh, well, it's time for me to cast Wolverine. Okay. And this is where, yeah, <laughs> here we go. This is a tough cast. Because Wolverine is this psychotic, <laughs> homicidal guy that if you order the wrong thing for breakfast, you should be afraid that he's <laughs> going to snap. Yep. And, and I'm thinking through, now, who could play this? And... It was so obvious, and it, and it's and it's also wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say that right up front. It's wrong. <laughs> okay. Because there there is a homicidal wrestler. Ah. And his nickname was the Wolverine. Yep. Chris Benoit. Yeah. 
his name, you can't help but have that name come to mind when you think Wolverine, because that was, like you said, his nickname. And he would have the intensity, no doubt. His intensity was scary. Yeah. Now, now my casting of this is assuming that he didn't kill his family. Exactly. And him. And exactly. that he's still alive. Right. Be- before we knew what he was, yep. just as a wrestler, Chris Benoit still would work for me. Be- right. Right. The size, mm-hmm. the yeah. intensity, the ferocity. Mm-hmm. The guy didn't have to be good on the mic. No. Because he was so good in the ring. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can I can see him playing the role for sure. Um and yeah, you you'd have to turn back the clock and use the men in black flashy thing. But <laughs> but I can see him in that role. I, I think I think his his size and his build is a huge part of that. Along with, I mean, the intensity on that guy is just incredible. But also, just him being a shorter wrestler that was still just muscularly intimidating. And I can I can very much see him filling Wolverine's boots well. <laughs> I am going to, for my, what is the sixth pick? So yep. we're halfway through? Yep. I'm going to go to the role of Storm. Now, this is a this is a role that you have to think ethnicity on because that's a key part of who Storm is. So I immediately factored that in and started thinking, well, who who has been out there? And then I started thinking, what else do I know about Storm? Well, Storm was a thief growing up on the streets of New York and then Cairo. And so she's just got this inherent toughness and that I I thought Halle Berry actually did a decent job of bringing some of that out when she was threatened. She, she had that intensity where, you know, Sabretooth grabs her by the throat and she just fries him with a bolt of lightning and just, you know, gives that don't touch me look. And so I wanted someone who, who had some inherent toughness. And it got me thinking, actually, of someone who I had seen in ECW. She was part of an entourage for a super obnoxious but very effective character named Just Incredible, who was Alda Montoya, and the ECW fans never let him forget it. I think one of them said that he wore a jock strap on his head. But, <laughs> but he was a super effective character because he came in and started taking out people that ECW fans loved started with Mikey Whipwreck moved on to Jerry Lynn took out the Sandman and then Rob Van Dam. And so he was, he was very effective, but part of what made him effective is he would first start coming to the ring just with Jason, who was this muscular, obnoxious guy that couldn't wrestle very well. So they made him, made him a manager cause he could talk. But then he started coming out with people like Nicole Bass and PG-13 came out with him for a little bit and all sorts of people. So eventually he's got like six people standing around the ring, three distract the ref like that matters in ECW. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other three can beat on the guy. But one who just had a powerful presence when it came to being part of his entourage, even though she said very little she moved into to WWE, and I, I hear from people's reports that she's actually a very nice person, but she just seems tough as nails. And I'm referring to Jazz. Wow, yeah. Yep, Jazz. Yeah, tough as nails. Yeah. Yeah. You got that right. And this is one of those roles where I, I struggled with myself. Yeah. And I actually... For what I have written down, I'm, I'm going to change it now <laughs> because it totally did away with the whole background okay. of a row being this African goddess. <laughs> just like, oh, you know, this would be a nice little twist. But <laughs> now, I, now I have to <laughs> rethink. But uh, but yeah, Jazz is uh, a great pick. Yeah, tough as nails. It's got the look. Yep, that's a that's a good one. She's got a presence to her. Yeah. 
Because it's easy to get lost in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and you're going to want some of these people to be lost in this movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you wouldn't want to give Storm a lot of lines, but you could you could give her a lot of action roles that I think would be well played. As much as you can say any of them would do, right. would do all that well. Right. Man. <laughs> now we're getting to the people where we just filled in names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess it's, I'll, I'll cast Magneto next. Okay. You know, Magneto, especially in the first movie, he was this older gentleman. And, and even though he came from these horrific beginnings, mm-hmm. by the time we see him in X-Men... He's kind of become this aristocratic type of a guy, especially uh-huh. in his outlook. Yeah. And and I said, well, who can I cast like that? Especially that's going to be older. Hmm. And then it, ta-da, the, <laughs> the nickname got me again. <laughs> Classy Freddy Blassie. Oh, I can totally see that. Could pull Magneto off brilliantly. Yes, he could. He has... he. Like like Vince has a just this really strong voice and way of speaking that's very commanding, and he's got a look that would work really well for Magneto. Yeah. You hit him just before he starts getting frail, right? And he's perfect. That's a great casting. I really can see that. Yeah, I can just see him. You're looking across. <laughs> You know, whoever, oh, pencil neck geek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he had a strong heel presence. Oh, yeah. It was, he was great. I, I grew up watching him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, and the look, the hair, <laughs> everything, you know, and it, like you said, he kind of had that aristocratic, that's why he looked down on everybody. Right. <laughs> Because he was the classy one, and you're not. Yeah. And I can see him totally putting that into the Magneto persona. Right. Yes, I, I can see that very much so. I, I would take either one of our Magneto picks as a really watchable element of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which will contain a lot of not very watchable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go to Professor X here. You needed someone with some age and with credibility, like we've talked about. Someone who is going to get listened to. Someone who looks reasonable with their head shaved. (laughs) And so when I started thinking about commanding personalities with a not much of a head of hair, I started thinking of a manager. Someone who, through force of personality, could turn turn two bulldozers on pretty much any tag team anywhere. Someone who had intellect, could portray it both in a negative way or a positive way. I don't know if we'd let him sit there reading his newspaper or whatever, but I've got Paul Ellering. Oh my goodness, that is such an awesome pick. <laughs> For Professor X. Oh, because now, because, yeah, the, the last time he was actually active, he did have the shaved head. Right. And, yeah, Paul Ellering. This is how Paul Ellering used to refer to himself when he was running the, the Road Warriors. Uh-huh. 600 pounds of muscle and a brain. <laughs> <laughs> And that just nails it because uh-huh. he was the brain trust behind those two. Yep. And and that wasn't just storyline. Right. He was the brain trust behind those two. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Paul Ellering. One, not only is he one of my favorite managers, uh-huh. but in this role, because he's that kind of guy. Yeah, he is a manipulative. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can see him <laughs> manipulating people. To do what he wants him to do. Yep. <laughs> and and quite frankly, the look. Yes. He's he's got a great look for that intensity mm-hmm. of of messing with people's heads. Yes. He's got a great look for that. Yeah. Just furrowing his brow. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's 
that's a, a look for Paul Ellering that that you buy as uh, don't mess with him. Exactly. That's a great pick. My goodness. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, let's see. I might as well get uh, Storm out of the way now. Okay. Because I... The person I was going to – I'm going to give you the person I was going to pick. Okay. And like I said, I was just going for – I need someone ethnic, mm-hmm. and I was totally disregarding the whole African goddess uh-huh. aspect of Storm. Uh-huh. So I was going to pick Gail Kim. Oh, okay. But then you made such a great argument for them. I'm like, oh, man, I got to change. <laughs> so I'm not sure of the name, but I, you'll be able to help me out with this. Okay. It's Snooka's daughter. Tamina. Tamina Snuka. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> because she's, she's one, she's got the look. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably bigger than what most people envision Storm mm-hmm. as being. But I, I think that would work for her. Yeah. It yeah, would, she has a physicality that... It would be a much more... Uh, yeah. I, I dealt with... <laughs> things yeah and so yeah it's just uh but yeah mostly just for her look sure and and uh, imagine that face with the eyes going white and lightning coming out of the Uh fingertips oh yeah scary yes i'm with you i'm with you that's i like that pick that that caught me by surprise but in a really good way (laughs) well it's better than a name that you've heard of yes Waiting. I was waiting for that and didn't really know where that could come in when it comes to wrestling because right. I'm fairly well versed. So. <laughs> it's fallen this far, but I'm going to pick Wolverine eighth. And I have four names written down and I like them all for different reasons. Hmm. And so I've struggled with, with who to pick. But I think part of it is going to come down to size. You need a guy who's not quite as big. You need a guy who can pull that look off. Kind of that. Uh, when he was up in up in Canada, that kind of grungy, flannel-wearing look. But then, you know, you could put him in leather and, and pull that off as well. And you need someone who who can deliver lines but deliver them with the appropriate the appropriate weight. It can't it can't be yelling, it's got to be more of a growling. And so when I add all that up, the person that I am most comfortable even on my short list of people comes from the world of BCW. Yeah, you know who I've got. He was a big deal there. Went on to be significant in WCW. And significant to some degree in the WWE with their whole hardcore division and all of that. He's an awfully good wrestler. His psychology is almost Jake Roberts-esque. Raven. Yes. As soon as you started talking, I'm like, he's he's got to be picking Raven. <laughs> he's just got to be picking Raven. <laughs> and yeah, that's a great pick. Because as soon as you said grungy and flannel, <laughs> I had it. Yep. <laughs> but yep. Uh, but for all those other reasons that you stated too, yeah. And as far as psychology, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> if that dude wasn't ripping off Jake Roberts, what he was doing in the ring, mm-hmm. but man, you you could tell that he he sat under that campfire for a little while, uh-huh. <laughs> and and sure did steal what he was. What he could steal. Yeah, and he owned it. Yeah, he did. Some of the craziest stuff done in ECW came from the mind of that guy. Just And some of it not so great. I, I mean, <laughs> effective, impactful, but yikes, I can't believe they did that kind of thing. Right, right. Like, for example, when they crucified the Sandman. Right. That was Raven's idea. Uh-huh. And everyone else... Possible, with the possible exception of the Sandman, was saying this is a terrible idea, <laughs> right? And it drove Kurt Angle out of ECW, right? <laughs> so it it cost them into the WWE where they crucified Steve Austin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but they did it on a huge letter T, so it was right. okay. 
<laughs> they did it on a symbol. That's right. Not a cross. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, eight. I have to... I have to cast Sabretooth yet. Yeah. And I actually wrote down Taylor Maine just because I thought it would be funny to uh-huh. cast him back in the role. But, <laughs> you know, since that would be easy in a cop-out, right. it was going to be the name I used if I didn't have any names left. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I have names left. Okay. And again, <laughs> you, you want someone with size, especially compared yeah. to Wolverine. Absolutely. And this guy's got it in spades. Okay. He was never known as a giant, but he is huge, fairly good talker, very, uh, very agile mm-hmm. for a for a big man, mm-hmm. which you're gonna need. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's uh, what the genetic blueprint. Yes. Matt Morgan. I love Matt Morgan. I completely misused by the WWE. We got this amazing athlete who's got a great look. He's huge. He can do scissor kicks that look like they would kill a man. <laughs> Let's make him stutter. Because <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, he's... And then he, he was on American Gladiators. As I think Beast is what they called him. Right, and in and WC or Impact has used him effectively, at least back when I was watching Impact, and made him. It made you realize how much WWE missed out on, as Impact was using him well. He can work face, he can work heel, and he's great in either role. Is one of the few things that Impact did right. Yeah, yeah, they did that really right. They really used him. Very effectively, and it, yeah, I mean, you you put some uh, scruffy facial hair and claws on that guy, and he's a monster. Yeah, and especially he would tower can, over Benoit. Exactly, <laughs> which which is what you want. Exactly, you want that size difference. Yeah. Oh, it needs to be very noticeable. It, it, you you got to be saying Wolverine's going to stand up against that guy, and then it. Shows you the impact of Wolverine. Exactly. So you need someone who can who can take that hit, and still, when they come come back later, you're like, oh, this guy's still a threat. Exactly. <laughs> well, I have two roles left to cast. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Toad, and I see it similarly to how you did the person that has that athleticism, the jumping all around. Very little in the way of lines, so you don't have to worry much about about that. But someone who you could put a, a look on that – and to me, I've always pictured Toad as kind of small. And you mentioned that as well. And Van Damme, especially earlier on, was a, was a little smaller. He didn't look so in ECW, but that's because everyone was small in ECW. Right. <laughs> it was – and it worked for them. But – but this guy is a guy who gets seen as small regularly and is used to having a look put on him in the form of a mask and can jump all over the place like crazy. I've got Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, that that's a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, that is a great pick because, yeah, he's even smaller than RVD. There, there's few. Well, not so much anymore because – I don't know what it is with guys that get to the WWE, but all of a sudden they go crazy. Yeah. Yep. On on the muscle mass, but <laughs> but back in his WCW days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That dude was tiny. Yep. 150 pounds. That's crazy. Yeah. And tiny, but not like Spike Dudley tiny. Right. Yep. Tiny because he was compact and whatnot. But <laughs> yeah. Great, great toad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Rey Mysterio gives you everything that Sinkar can do without the botches. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> and and I hate that they've they've pushed him to the back burner so much while they're and I get why you try and get Sinkar over. You can take that mask and then put it on someone else and put it on someone else until you get what works. And Hunico has been better than Mystico. But still I Sinkara is not 
the little kid fan favorite that Rey Mysterio just will always be. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great pick for Toad. I like that. <laughs> well, I also have two picks left. Right. A guy and a gal. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and cast the gal. I have to cast Rogue yet. Mm. Now you went for the small, vulnerable little girl type. Yep. I'm probably going against the movie a little bit okay. with my casting because I always – that time in Rogue's comic book life yep. was very short. Yeah. And they immediately put her into a more adult role on that team very quickly. Yes. And so that's kind of how I see her, and that's how I'm going to cast her. Sure. And then I said, okay, who needs to – someone needs to pull this off. Rogue's intensity and vulnerability – but with that Southern Bell charm. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about that, the first name that came to mind, Lita. Got it. Yep. Yeah, she's she's got force of personality just going going on like crazy. And yeah, I can I can see Lita playing playing that role. It's a little more subdued. She'd have to find a way take a way to dial herself back a bit, but. In ECW, she was actually a really fun character before she even made it uh, into the WWE and uh, became more top-heavy. Is that how I could say it? <laughs> but, again, the WWE has a way of doing things yes, to people's bodies. it, it does. <laughs> and that's... Must be the water. Yeah, something like that for the owner. But anyway... <laughs> She she managed uh, Danny Doring and Amish Roadkill. Okay, and she was she was just tr- you know, trashy right along with all of them, and and then she picked that back up and ran with it when she was with Edge and turned that up. Dude, right, but, but Lita could play that sassy rogue, and I yeah. think that's what you're kind of getting at. Exactly. Not to, and the rogue that you know had already uh, stolen powers from Ms. Marvel. Yep. And uh, you, you look at Lita's move set, mm-hmm. and you say, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> she." Yeah. Because Lita, more than any other diva, fought wrestled like a guy. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. More than any other diva, she wrestled like a guy. Yep. And uh, and I say that with no disparagement at all. Mm-hmm. That that said with a lot of respect that she wrestled like a guy. Yeah, yeah. She she wrestled like a lucha. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And so not just that she would get into the mix, but that she would fling herself at people off of ladders and. Just insane stuff. She had the best Hurricane Rana ever. It was it was very solid. Yeah. I mean, nobody did did a Hurricane Rana like her. Because everybody would always cop out and just flip out on their own and expect the other guy to just sell the yeah. fact and flip yep. over. She would fling her head at the ground and hold on with her legs for dear life yep. and then swing out. And I don't think half the time that people had any choice <laughs> but to go flying. She ended up paying for throwing the hurricanrana that way. I, I just see her as a not not the rogue so much that you see in the first movie, yep. but the rogue that everyone knows. Yeah. Well, we are to my last pick, and that is Jean Grey. And really, Jean Grey was not a character that I cared much for in the comics. Was not even really one I cared all that much for in the movies. She was just kind of there for me. And one of my f- favorite comic characters is Kitty Pride. And multiple times, as I've talked to people in comic stores and whatnot about Kitty Pride, the comment I've gotten was, oh, yeah, I really like her. She's actually shaped like a person, not like Jean Grey. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> really, my main criteria is who can look offensive in a bodysuit. And so I went with Sable. 
<laughs> for no other reason than who is, who's going to just look like she's drawn by a comic book person in a bodysuit. Uh, yeah. She would have a more subdued level. You, you wouldn't draw on her for intensity or for acting skill or anything. But honestly, I had Lita as my <laughs> as my backup for that. I had Trish as my first pick for that. Right. And so we got to this last bit and I had to put a name there. <laughs> and so hope you don't want that much out of your Jean Grey in my movie because you got Sable. Right. Okay. Well, my last pick is Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And again, like you were saying, you need this swarmy, charming, got that sort of a half grin smirk yeah. yep. going on. And there's a guy that wears that smirk day in and day out in uh -huh. his wrestling career. And he's got his peeps backing him up. Oh, <laughs> oh, I can see that. Yeah. Christian. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he can, he can walk that edge of, I think I like this guy, but I also want to punch him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he's got the build. You know, Cyclops' nickname is Slim. Right. So you don't want this overly muscular guy. Yep. And and Christian pulls that off pretty well. Yeah. But the the whole other all the other characteristics yes. that you want in Scott Summers, yep. Christian's got in spades. I can see that for sure. He was he was not the other name that I had written down, but I really like that. I, I think that he would pull that off really well. You'd want to see Chris Benoit punch him in the face. But at the same time, when you were going up against the bad guys, you'd pull for him. So yeah, Christian, in his career, has has really played that role of you want to cheer for him, but you also don't mind if he gets beaten up a little bit, <laughs> even as a good guy. Right. Like, you call yourself Captain Charisma, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah christian in that role i think shines yeah and and probably steals the movie from my cast very possibly <laughs> that's a great great pick that was a much better 10th pick than mine where i just threw a name out there <laughs> but it was a name i heard it was i know i i, I worked hard on that <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Just now, I have a lot of backup names. I'm not going to read them all. I'll just do one for each, each one. But and some of them are just outlandish. Yeah, and I'll I'll probably join in. Yeah, I'll, name. I'll name a character. We can each give our backup for that. Magneto. My backup was Paul Heyman. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I can't see anybody else really playing that role besides the people we mentioned. Yep, I know. Paul Heyman would, was just another name who had that, that commanding voice and evil. Except J.J. Dillon. Okay. okay. For, this, for the exact same reasons I picked Freddie Blassie. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Rogue, my backup that I really didn't want to use, so I picked this one first, was Don Marie. Okay. My other backup for that was Mickey James. Okay. Yep. I, and she would probably do the vulnerable, uh, skittish rogue better yeah. than Lita. I, I considered her for Jean Grey, <laughs> but for, for that character, <laughs> for the same reasons. <laughs> for, for that character, I was just throwing names down. Right. Like, I just don't like Jean Grey. <laughs> Wolverine. Probably the backup I like best for that was Brian Pillman. Hmm. Yeah. Again, just going on like the intensity level yep. and all that. Um, another guy that that I could throw out there is a uh, dynamite kid. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I had I had Orton and Edge down there too, but just their size yeah. worked against them. Professor X, I struggled with this, and with a question mark next to it, wrote Teddy Long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, another is uh, Lanny Poffo. Sure. The genius. Yeah, yeah. He, he to me, was a little too froofy. To... 
Jean Grey, just it doesn't even matter what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> For Storm, I had Rosa Mendes as a backup. Oh, yeah. Yep. I had, well, I already said it on the podcast, but <laughs> I yeah. was thinking Kale Kim. Just yeah. <laughs> Which, I, I think she could pull it off. Oh, yeah. For Cyclops, the other name that I really couldn't decide which one to take was The Miz. Mm, yep. And, and along those same lines, yep. Ken Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, yep. I can see that. He's a, he's His size works against him for that role because I thought you described Cyclops well. Right. But yeah, my backup for Sabretooth was the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> my goodness, yes. Growly big and not much else. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my, my backup for that, besides Taylor Maine, yep. Batista. Uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that would yeah, great, great backup. Toad just hitting more on the crazy side. Dean Ambrose. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, my backup for him was AJ Styles. Oh yeah, yep. That athletic. Yep. Yeah, definitely. My backup for Mystique was Sherry Martell. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a backup for Mystique. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to run through our casting very quickly, and then we'll get to what we're going to do next time. For Magneto, I've got Vince McMahon. For Rogue, AJ Lee. For Wolverine, Raven. For Professor X, Paul Ellering. For Jean Grey, eh, Sable, whatever. <laughs> for Storm, Jazz. For Cyclops, Chris Jericho. For Sabretooth, Triple H. For Toad, Rey Mysterio. And for Mystique, Stacy Keebler. Nice. My X-Men team, or my X-Men movie, looks like this. Professor X, Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> Mystique, played by Candice Michelle. The Toad, RVD. Jean Grey. Played by Trish Stratus. Wolverine by Chris Benoit. Magneto by Classy Freddie Blassie. Love that one. Sabretooth, Matt Morgan. Storm, uh, Timona? Tamina. Tamina Snuka. And uh, Rogue is uh, Lita. And Cyclops. Played by Christian. Nice, nice. Especially that Magneto pick. I love that Magneto <laughs> pick. That's fantastic. All right. So next time, I'm already thinking. Even though we're bumping up against the hour mark right now, it's like it's over already. It's fun recording here. Yes, it is with you like this to be able to play off of each other even even more because we don't turn the video on because it gives us a much poorer connection with yeah. Skype. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is tenuous at best. Anyways. Yeah, it is. You, you've you've heard how Bill has sometimes sounded like a transformer, and we we have cut some of that out as well. And he's reset things so we could bring it through. So this is a whole lot more fun for a lot of reasons. And we tried Google Hangouts. the The sound was at least as good, but the lag yeah, on that was just. Unusable. We were talking over each other more than usual. Yeah, a lot more than usual. You know, on accident. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose like we do now. Exactly. <laughs> Big difference there. <laughs> but at any rate, sometimes you want to hit a genre like comic book movies and do something nuanced and fun with it like we did this time. I enjoy ones that are that are like that. And then every once in a while, you've got a topic where it's like, eh, I'm not that into that realm. So let's just blow the whole thing up. And that's what I'm going to do here. We have our very own competing music festivals. Lollapalooza-style music festivals. You have eight main draws. The only question is, who are they? Interesting, because, yeah, I I have a feeling musically me and you are on totally, not on different ends of the spectrum, on totally different wavelengths. Yes. 
Yes. Because <laughs> I am very eclectic in yep. my music sensibilities. Uh-huh. So, yeah, this is going to be all over the place. Right, right. And mine is probably not going to be all over the place. You'll hear the first three and be able to predict my next five probably. <laughs> but that is all right. That's It's not a – you know, I'm not a huge music guy, but I do like – to listen to music sometimes, and I just thought, well, let's tackle this one. So there we are. Eight, cool. eight main draws, however you want to fill them in. And then maybe next time we'll, next time I'm picking one, I'll go back to being ultra nuanced or with a weird twist. But all right, that is what we have for draft number 12. We want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I wish we could do this like this every week. Every time. That but the commute fantastic. is murder. It is. It's it's like, yeah, 12, 13 hours. Yeah. That's a lot to put in. And I would want to go to bed when I got here instead of record a podcast. But, <laughs> but at any rate, thank you again for joining us. We'll catch you next time when we tackle the world of music. Mm-hmm.